coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I'm the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions, and I am joined tonight by my two co-hosts, Stan Wilson-Lee. Yo, I'm unshowered. Fantastic. (laughs) Thank you for letting us know that. It's a good thing that this is an audio medium (laughs) and not a... Smell a video. Yeah, that. Chris Wilson Barnes, how are you, sir? (laughs) Well, pretend I don't know anything about engineering, metallurgy, or physics. What does that mean? Oh, well, I don't have time to get into all that, but I'm going to feel bad if I don't. Well, the first thing, as, uh, as Chris has alluded to, tonight is my second Perfect Ten pick, and I am going with the 1984 classic Ghostbusters, because it's October, it's spooky season, this is one of my favorite spooky movies. Uh, what do you, what about you guys? Are you a, a Ghostbusters fan? Um, don't everybody talk at once. Well, I, I, I didn't know which order. Right. Uh, it's a free for all. <laughs> you know, um, I can't say that, you know, I, I'm not like you all where, you know, Ghostbusters are like every year, see it all the time, you know, and, uh, I'm not caught up on every version of it and everything like that. I haven't seen the the last two, um, I don't think there hasn't been a Ghostbusters three, has there? Technically, the Ghostbusters Afterlife was, was a direct continuation of mm-hmm. the first two. Okay, so but the idea that uh, the Bill Murray stuff, uh, the original, didn't have a second sequel, right? It's just Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two, and then the newer stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Afterlife so, is is very much a sequel. To okay, all right, all right, good. Um, Spoiler alert to anybody out there who hasn't seen Afterlife yet: <laughs> the originals come back. Um, you should watch it before Afterlife Two comes out. There is an Afterlife Two. Uh, is there, that twenty twenty four? Yeah, I think. yeah. Nice. Pretty sure they confirmed it. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is that I'd seen the first Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two like when they were on VHS. So. Um, I Which had, is a very old-fashioned sentence to say. I know, right? Um, don't call me old-fashioned. But um, all right, old. How old? <laughs> You're definitely not fashioned. And I'm not fashioned. But um, he's not bathed either. I'm not bathed. Uh, I'm, I'm. He's I'm, the unwashed mess right I'm, now. I'm. I'm in yesterday's clothes. But um. Uh, but uh, the. Did uh, you walk of shame here? I kind of did. <laughs> No, he he drive of shame here. <laughs> drive of shame. That's slightly better. Uh, anyway, we're talking Ghostbusters. Chris, you're you're an old school fan, right? I don't know if I'd say that. I I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it more than once, uh, and I've always enjoyed it. I I'm not. I I really don't have a regular rewatch of it. You guys are really letting me down here. <laughs> well, that's going to lead directly into my my first question. Then, like we did with the last film, uh, is it a ten? Obviously, I think so. It was one of my picks. But Chris, what do you think? Is it a ten? Well, if it'll save your fragile little heart, yes, it's a. T- it is a ten. I like it a lot. Go. Cool. It's a really good movie. Cool. Uh, Stan, what about you? Is it a ten for you or um, no? Sure, why not? Uh, none of the. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, hard none of the movies. There. None of the movies were really. I mean, there a couple maybe, um, uh, and Chris's stuff may have been tens, but um, uh, I don't think any of the ones we're speaking, especially in mine, I don't think we would have the you know classic film school 
that's what we have to see in film school to see what, you know, none of them's Godard, none of them's Antonini or anything like that. So it's like, I don't think it would be a film school 10. I'm about, you know. The, oh God, nothing we talked no, about on that's the show. What, no, we that's, talked about RoboCop. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like, but in the sense that uh, influence on us and stuff like that, yes, sure. Um, because there's so much of uh, what I loved about that period of filmmaking, you know, the Animal House stuff, the vacation stuff, you know, it, it, it's got still got the Bill Murray, you know, the Caddyshack feels and the meatballs feels. So it's like, I, I love it for that case. And then the, and, and we'll talk about this later, but the fact that it is actually a comedy that's actually really scary in moments too. So actually? Yes. So, yeah, that's something that we'll talk about in a little bit, the uh, horror element of it. Uh, sorry, Chris, what were you going to say? Well, something I didn't, I, I didn't think about until I was watching it this time because uh, I forgot we were doing it today until you texted us this morning, so I immediately flipped over to it and started watching it. Um, I, it, it speaks a lot to, I think, who wrote it? Aykroyd and... Um, Aykroyd and Ramis. Ramis. Yeah. It speaks a lot to their comedic styles and their sense of timing. It is a very sharply paced movie. Mm -hmm. It's an hour 45 and nothing lingers any longer than it needs to, to establish what you need to know and what to drive or to hit a point or anything. It just, it's bam next. Yeah. And that a lot of that has to do with, um, the, the whole making of the movie. I don't want to get too much into turning this into a trivia podcast, but, Um, Dan Aykroyd's original vision for this movie was completely different. They would have gone to outer space. There were multiple teams of Ghostbusters. They'd been established a long time. Over the longest time, he wanted the third Ghostbusters movie to be them going to hell. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) It was estimated in 1984, uh, in the early 80s when he was shopping the script around, that the special effects alone would have cost $300 million. Um, Getting Harold Ramis on board helped him get $25 million, mm-hmm. which was incredibly low for a, a production this size. So obviously they cut a lot of it. They made it an origin story instead. Um, they only had a 13-month turnaround from start of production to release. Um, they started in May of 83, and it was released in June of 84. So the script was not finished when now, they started filming. It's important to note, like in modern, in modern parlance, that, that could be feasible, but back then, that's very fast. Right. That's <clears throat> rocket fast. So. Right. And, and it also plays into, you know, that's why it was great to have people like Ramis and Aykroyd and Murray mm-hmm. as your cast folks. If you, if you have a script that's not finished, you can finish it as you're doing the movie because <laughs> yes. they all had experience in that improv stuff so it's, they, a lo- it's a lot to take in for a movie about the perils of small business ownership it exactly. really is yeah <laughs> um and i think it says a lot that they went into shooting the climax of the movie with no idea how the ghostbusters were going to defeat gozer oh wow yeah. they came up with the crossing the streams finale it, while they were in the process of filming <laughs> it's a great bit though <laughs> it uh, is the the, the now was that now they are I don't I don't know if you'd know this but did they already have that seed planted with the don't cross the streams bit from earlier or was that added later I don't know for sure but I have to imagine 
you can you can sort of watch the movie and tell all right what did Aykroyd and Ramis script and what is improv right uh, a lot of Bill Murray's stuff clearly was improv but I think all three of them really got into that but something like that whole scene establishing why you shouldn't cross the streams that yeah. had to have already been there it felt like if they had come up with something else it felt like it could have just been a, a just a joke about the the inter- the incredible power they have strapped on their backs right. Uh, they all each have a nuclear accelerator strapped to their back. <laughs> unlicensed nuclear. An unlicensed <laughs> nuclear accelerator. <laughs> yes, a positron collider. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, an unlicensed nuclear accelerator that powers a positron collider. Mm-hmm. You don't expect that kind of uh, science know-how from a movie like this. Right. But the theme of this movie is so heavily magic versus science that it... You and and you look at the the writing and the performances, and you fully believe a character like Egon saying those words. You don't have to know what they mean, but he knows what they mean. Knows what it means, and that's what's important. Right. And the thing is, is like that's honestly one of the more realistic parts of the movie because it keeps happening, or it has happened multiple times, where kids not knowing why they shouldn't do this have done things like build small nuclear, yeah. like 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 actual like functioning nuclear. Uh, not devices, but I'm thinking like a reactor kind of things mm-hmm. as like as a demonstration for like science fairs. And you keep hearing, and I've heard about it multiple times. It's like they just built it. They didn't know that they weren't supposed to. <laughs> well, it's it's shockingly easy yeah. to accidentally make napalm. Yes. So, yeah, science is and a fickle. And mustard gas. Yeah. Science is a fickle bitch. I, I was saying earlier that I wasn't, you know, super connected to the Ghostbusters, but I had a lot of friends that were growing up and, uh, uh, a lot of them became scientists, even though some of the science may have been questionable, whatever, but because there was so much... A lot of the science in the movie is questionable. That's, what I, that's, that's what part I'm saying, of the plot. Is that um, they were, it, it interested them so much that they went on to you know, become physicists or become paranormal experts in, you know, in studying or psychologists and, and parapsychologists just to see how far they could go with Mm-hmm. the science that's presented in the movie, even though it may be not completely sound. But now, that's why it's lasted so long and been so influential is that so many scientists have come out of that. You know, that and Back to the Future, you know. Yeah, well, and how many archaeologists came out of Indiana Jones? Exactly. They were um, really excited about the Twinkie. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think it's very interesting that of the three main characters, now obviously Winston Zeddemore was a working-class Joe. He, he was there for a paycheck. But of the three of them, only Venkman gets his credentials named on screen. He has doctorates in psychology and, and parapsychology. Which that's, that, that second one sounds shaky at best. Right. <laughs> um, Might be online. Actual medical field, it yeah. turns out. Um, but they but never, the psycholo- I'm sorry, but the psychology one is on brand considering how much of a hustler he is. He really is. And I want to talk about that in a second. But I think it's interesting that uh, uh, Egon and Ray's... Uh, degrees they're never mentioned we don't know what their doctorates are in just that they are doctors well they one of them they has work to ha- at the uh at the university though right at yeah. mit at, yeah. at mit right so they they have to be some sort of Theor- um, one of them has to at least be a physicist, physicist. Yeah. yeah yeah and I, I'm, I'm assuming stans may have a they have a a master's or doctorates in in, in somewhere from somewhere else that that uh that was built on his love of the paranormal considering how much he's he's 
considering how much he's gotten into uh, how far he's fallen down that rabbit hole. Right. Much like Dan Aykroyd himself. Yeah. And he probably, yeah, (laughs) man. Oh God. It's no surprise to me that he had to be the, he had to be reeled in so hard. Right. Um, you, you, Brought up, um, you know, Venkman's uh, reputation of being a hustler. One of the most interesting things that I uh, think about this movie, and especially about the character of Peter Venkman, is, yeah, there's a lot of attention called to the fact that uh, he is not, it doesn't seem like he's always 100% on the level. Um, Dana tells him he's more like a game show host. (laughs) Uh, Multiple people call him a con man or a hustler. Um, his first, you, you first see him administering a, a, a test for psychic powers uh, to, to people, which he's obviously using to get with the girl. In yeah. the- yes. But do you, have you ever noticed he is right that his uh, experiment works? Yeah. The entire point is uh, ne- the impact of negative reinforcement on ESP abilities. Mm-hmm. With enough negative reinforcement, by the end of that, before the guy walked out, he was successfully calling those cards yeah here's the thing that reminds me of the thing i've seen online where someone showed a a picture of their test where it says you somehow use two wrong ideas to get the right answer yeah yeah it's up for debate whether or not he was that was actually his intention yeah but whether it was or not it turned out to work but it's also funny because that scene comes after the opening where it's a hard established there's something paranormal happening right like the paranormal is going to is real and effective. There's no guesswork about it. Um, the other thing that fascinates me about Venkman and um, whether you know our our own personal opinions on the paranormal, notwithstanding, or you know our our listeners' opinions, notwithstanding, there are people who could be called more or less experts in the field of the paranormal. Sure. And all of them agree that uh, the way Venkman interacts with possessed Dana is how you are supposed to interact with a person who is possessed. Like, not giving any power to... Acknowledging it feeds it. Yeah. Right, exactly. He repeatedly mentions that he wants to talk to Dana. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've always just... Whenever I... And I'd love to say that I discovered those two things on my own, but it's the power of TV tropes and the internet... Um, but I just find that fascinating how much work and thought went into a character like Venkman that is so surface level con man. It but seems like they could possibly have cribbed that from ideas of how to help people who have mental health issues mm-hmm. too. When yep. they're when they're in the middle of an episode. When somebody with a degree in psychology would one hundred percent know that. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed what I enjoyed the most is that they didn't spend so much awful time is that there were skeptics and Venkman, I think, is a skeptic at the beginning um, and then sees the ghost and gets slimed by the ghost. So he's going to be a believer after that. But but there are plenty of skeptics, but there's nobody that's really denying the existence of the paranormal or of ghosts or of, you know, alien you know, entities in in the world is that, um, it, so they don't have to fight that. Right. I was going to say, except for the one moment, maybe in, in, <clears throat> in, 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 mayor, in the mayor's office a little bit, but I was going to say Walter Peck, but we don't really get the sense that he doesn't uh, believe in the paranormal, just that he's way too hardcore about his job. Yeah. Right. He's, he's, he's more angry about the regulations being violated. Right. Than right. Does. I was like, another thing that speaks to the smartness of the script, because I, that I never noticed until I was watching today was, um, well, one, it, it, you, when you know that they had to scale it back hard, it makes more sense. But 
these the, the, you know, the, the Ghostbusters start getting a lot of work because these paranormal things are, are really ramping up in the tri-state area of New York. Um, and it's because of the event that ends up coming out through the, the one apartment building. You don't, re you don't really make that connection because they never outright say it, but it's just like you're supposed to, it's like, oh yeah, they're, they're getting all this work because the, the, the ghosts are being drawn to the event that's about to happen. Right, the, uh, the apartment building was a lightning rod right. for uh, psychokinetic energy. And it's just like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> it, and, it, and it helps make sense from one to two, again, no matter what you think of two, it's like why their work dries up after they yeah. defeat the event. It's like, yeah, and it's like, like why, why it wasn't happening more along anywhere else. It was like because this event was happening in this area. Yep, exactly. They just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So we spent a lot of time talking about these four main characters, which segues into the next topic that I want to discuss, um, which is each one of them has a very distinct personality type. Venkman is the sarcastic one, uh, more or less. Ray is the very excitable. He's sly. He's very sly. Yeah, sly, sarcastic. Ray is the excitable academic. Mm -hmm. um, Egon is the deadpan, dry academic. Deadpan, uh, just uh, emotionally reserved. He's he's got he's got no. He basically gives very little thought to things that aren't in his field of study. Yeah, right. he's got any pots all over him, and it's like he doesn't see it. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Winston Zeddemore, who is very much the blue collar working class Joe that needed a job that needed a job. So of the four main characters, or if you want to any of the characters in the movie, who do you personally most identify with? And we're going to start with Stan. Oh God. Um, uh, you've had like six hours to think about this. <laughs> he was uh, too busy, not bathing. It's true. <laughs> um, uh, I would say, but, but no, because I'm not a skeptic. Um, well, I, I'm a skeptic on a reason, but I, but I do have reasonable thoughts that the existence could happen. Um, so I guess it would be more, and I don't really care about making a, making a buck on, on other people's fears. So it's like, I can't be Venkman. So I guess I would be more, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Um, you'd be Ray Stance. Be more Ray Stance, I guess. You are very excitable. <laughs> uh, Chris, what about you? Who do you identify with? Winston. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not saying this wouldn't be interesting, but I would be very much in his shoes. It's like, yeah, you know what? The paycheck is clearing, so I'm here. Yeah. If there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll believe anything you want me to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great line delivered right after Annie Potts rattling off that whole list deadpan. <laughs> yes, including Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. Mm -hmm. um, as though things, those are things that they might encounter. Um, I very much so, Venkman. I, I know, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I I have that kind of personality. Um, I am a skeptic to a degree, but I also have weird things that I believe in. Um, well, that and on top of that, like, Vinkman is also the person who's like, he's just treating it as a thing to hustle until he realizes it's real. <laughs> and it right. takes over his girlfriend or who he's been after. So that, that kind of elevates it, his stakes. But, but then he sees how bad it's going to be after he, after his girlfriend is taken over, I so just like, said he adjusts his worldview. Exactly. Right. Yes, um, but it takes a little bit of urge. The nice lady who paid us in advance before she became a dog. <laughs> dog. <laughs> All right. So now I think that just means that we need a uh, an 
uh, Egon Spengler to fill out our ranks, and then we'll have a full team of Ghostbusters. Um, so I think the second part to this question might be a little bit more fun. We've said who we personally identify with, but who do we identify each other with? Now, they might, this might be on point to what we just said, or it might be wildly different, but uh, let's start with Chris this time. Who do you identify me and Stan with? This won't take long. Stance, Vinkman. Oh, Stan okay. Stance, you're Vinkman. Yeah. Stan, Stance. Stan, Ray Stance. <laughs> stop it. Ray yeah, Ban just stop Stance. It. Yeah, that's pretty on brand. I can see that. Uh, Stan, what about you? Who do you identify uh, me and Chris with? Uh, again, Vinkman uh, uh, and uh, Winston, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this wasn't a fun discussion. <laughs> uh, no, it's just easy to delineate between. I, I mean, uh, at he's, least. he's Winston in North Fourth Wall, basically. You know, it's like the and, only and, sane man. The only sane man. You know, and then it takes a lot of stuff to break him into. Oh, here we go. You know, that's what they've been doing. You know, so. See, Stan, I see you as a weird, fucked up love child of Ray and Egon. Yeah, I you have very that. strong, I, yeah, strong elements of both of those characters. Because I would deny it, Annie Potts. I would be like, "Oh, what are you doing? Are you flirting with me, Annie Potts?" <laughs> and I would, I would hate myself. That All right, I but if you're Stan, you get a ghost blow job. I, exactly. <laughs> yes, the ghost job. <laughs> The one of the weirdest, most out of left field moments in the movie, but also one of the most iconic and memorable yeah. moments of the whole movie. Also, I will say, Egon may be very closed off, but I, I did forget there is the the one moment uh, where he lets loose, and it's when he tries to when he tries to get his hands on Walter Peck after the roof yeah. blows off the. Yes, yeah. actually tries to start a fist fight. Your mother. Yes. See, I, I had the awful feeling that if we did it, that you that I would be cast as Walter Pat. That that would be no. Uh, so you know what? It would be a hard toss up for for Dave to me to be either Vinkman or Walter Peck. Really? I think you would be a like, great Walter Peck, but Robert also would be a fantastic Walter Peck. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> yeah, Robert Bradford. If you're listening to this, a long time uh, personal friend and also friend of the pod. Yeah, I can see that he would make a great uh, Peck. He would. Yeah. Because Walter Peck is, is trying to be affable up until the point where he's had enough of Vingman shit. Wait. Yes. Walter Peck is the... EPA, EPA agent. Yeah. 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 Is he, he? He's the man who has no dick. Is he, Yes, that's what I thought. Isn't he a bad guy all the way through? Is well, he's he, not a bad guy. Is he he's affable? Just, he's the, he's the overly officious government agent. True that. Who doesn't realize he's hampering any, any effort to, to stop things. Because he hasn't seen the shit, so... Well, I mean, even after it's made blatantly obvious <laughs> that there are ghosts flying That's around. That's what I'm saying. There are ghosts exploding out of the top of the firehouse, and he's still... He's trying, he's trying to get these... He, well, he has them arrested. He yeah. has no dick. Yes. <laughs> um, Chris, I can, I can definitely see aspects of uh, Zetamore in you and the working class Joe type, yeah. but you are also a very excitable person when it comes to I things am. that you love. That's true. Um yeah, so I can very much see that uh, race stance aspect in you as well. I'm yeah. going to call you the weird love child of uh, I, Ray, and, I like, Ray and Winston. I like that about his character where he just glosses over horrific things that he talks about. Yes. Because he's just so it's just excited to share about it. Yes, and let's not forget 
Uh, Ray is the one who accidentally conjures up the 100-foot Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh, God, that would man. be me. Yes. I can yes. see either of you accidentally <laughs> doing No, because, I mean, I, that, I, I could... Mine like, would be worse. I could totally... Yeah, that would be my reaction. It's just, I, I, it, it's just for a second. <laughs> Mine would be worse, probably. Yours would 100% be a lot worse than the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, I tried yours, to think of something that wouldn't hurt us. That couldn't possibly hurt us. From my childhood. What did you do, Ray? <laughs> we used to roast Stay Puft marshmallows around the fire at Camp Laconda. Also, also, I, yeah, I also would be the person getting yelled at. Was like, if someone asks if you're a god, you say, say yes. yes. <laughs> and again, but it's I can hilarious. also see you being the one to yell that probably <laughs> at Stan. Yes. Okay. If, if, the, if that's the if that's the scenario, that would probably be me yelling. Stan, at him. If, if I, somebody if I asks you, a condom, <laughs> just say yes to the god. This is how we go out, killed by a 100-foot condom man. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like that. Didn't, wasn't there a series of Trojan commercials a few years ago where the Trojan man was perf- personified by, like, basically the Michelin man, but with condoms? Yeah. Am, am I just imagining I'm that? I'm so that glad happened? I missed this, and I do not want to ever be, see, be ever sent anything about it. It, it was definitely, it was like late night. Like not necessarily cable, but the really the awful not UHF anymore. But but I just remember the, of that. I just remember the the ad campaign where people were out of shot about to have sex, and then it's like he arrives. And <laughs> right, and that's right. Yeah, because he shows up to hand them condoms. You notice how I said arrives and not something else. Oh well, yeah. Um, now see along that similar vein as what we're talking about. Not a big blue vein, but a similar <laughs> vein. Um, the first thing that this I thought like, of... This is like Evil Dead Musical all over again. Yeah, this is, this is 100%, well, honestly, both of our senses of humor. Um, the first thing I thought well, of... Well, the vein matches our humor, <laughs> blue. Exactly. Um, you guys have seen the hinge commercials with the little hinge icon that blows up whenever two people fall in love? That would fucking be my luck, is there would be a hundred-foot-tall fuzzy pink square with an H on it and a pair of eyes walking down downtown Rock Hill. Oh, my God. It would it would have arms so it could pick people up and make them kiss. Right, mother puss bucket, one of the most unusual non swears I have ever heard. I should use that more often. Um, I forget was that, that that's the that's in the actual movie, not like the TV edit they did, right? Right, they, okay. uh, that made it to the actual movie. Okay, so mother puss bucket. Because that was that was common practice back then to go ahead and film two versions at once, so they had a TV edit ready to go. Which is what Ivan Reitman did. Yeah. Uh, but that, uh, considering the the you know sheer writing power among this team of people, you'd think they'd have come up with a better uh, TV edit than whatever weird nonsense they came up with for uh, the replacement of this man has no dick for the dickless joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I that is that is again that's a great moment because Stance is so pissed off he starts that he goes dickless over here. Yeah, shut off the grid. <laughs> Um, and I like that. You see, that's that's why I can also see Stan as Stance because he he has the it would be that perfect moment of you know what my my happy go lucky attitude isn't gone. Fuck you. Right. He's uh, right. He has no dick. This man has no dick. This man has no dick. Um, is the the ghost job 
That's not in the TV edit, is it? Oh, one hundred percent not. No, no. yeah, no. that would have been taken out. So I forget that, what they replaced it with because though. it's all, it's PG movie, and it's well, like right. So again, uh, they had a really no. It should it should have been hard R for Dan Aykroyd's O face. Yep. <laughs> well, it, this existed in a weird gray area in movie rating history. Again, you could thank uh, useless trivia for this. Um, they didn't have a PG thirteen yet. Say, that was a creative for one of the Indiana Jones movies. Yes, and it, that hadn't that hadn't happened yet. Yes, I um, mean, Airplane is PG. Yep, and yep. there's a full-on naked set of boobs in that movie. Yep. <laughs> um, Look it up, kids. Yeah, don't but don't quote us on that. Um, the timestamp. Well, Logan's Run. I don't know if you've ever seen the original Logan's Run with uh, uh, whoever and whoever and Farrah Fawcett, um, but. Uh, <laughs> We know what Stan focused on. But um, uh, there's a whole orgy scene, and, it, and it's only a PG-rated ra- PG movie, and this was right after Jaws. So, and then, of course, Jaws, you know, 76, and it's like one of the most graphic movies around, man. So. <clears throat> that's, a, that's a topic of a whole other discussion, because I recently rewatched Jaws. I mean, that's another one that Katie and I watch yearly. Original Jaws... And, Again, this and that is, this didn't make by, any of our ten movies, and it, and it is one of our ten movies, I think. Listen, that's Not something else. <laughs> listen, that's something else we'll discuss. But the original Jaws, tame by today's standards. True that. Very but. true. Uh, but I will always remember the child who turned into a geyser of blood. Right. <laughs> because they made up for it as much as they could. Yeah, there was. <laughs> well, that. and the, the opening scene, you have a naked woman swimming and then getting eaten. So it's like you have both boobs and blood. In the same scene. I think it's a mostly obscured, though, isn't it? Or does it is. Yeah. She's she's underwater for a lot of it, but there's a, a copious amount of side boob. We've gotten way the fuck on track. <laughs> um, yeah, Ghostbusters! The, the ghost job, uh, that one section of it got left into the uh, the montage, uh, the, the hard work montage in the middle of the movie. There was a whole uh, subplot where I think it's uh, Zetamore and Stance go to an old civil war fort to investigate a disturbance there and is this a sleep. ghost prostitute i don't i don't know if they ever specify <laughs> but while sleeping there that that night uh ray gets seduced by a ghost who blows him a ghostitute there you go and the only thing that exists from that scene that made it into the movie is that one random cutaway of uh, him getting a ghost job <laughs> <laughs> that was that had that was all Dan Aykroyd. That had to have one hundred percent because I cannot imagine Ivan Raymond or Harold Ramis coming up with a scene like that. Oh, I don't know, man. They're just looking at that footage. Going, well, we filmed it. We filmed right. most of it. Just put some of it in the montage. We filmed this while we were coming up with how to finish the movie. <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd had his own idea of how to how finish. finish, right? Yeah. <laughs> we got there at the same time, Chris. Oh, no, never, never say that phrase ever again. Not, at least not on the radio. Not in this subject matter ever at all. All right. <clears throat> Where are we supposed to be again, Dave? Because I don't think we're there. Well, uh, so we just kind of breezed through the first couple of topics. Um, <laughs> the next one that I want to talk about might be another one that we breezed through or might be one that we spent some time on, but uh, we brought it up earlier. Winston Zeddemore, Ernie Hudson's character, shows up about halfway through the movie just yeah. looking for a job. Um, so if you were in this situation and you just need a job, you see this pop up on Indeed.com 
which we're not sponsored by Indeed.com, but if anybody from Indeed.com wants to contact me to, for sponsorship opportunities for Indeed.com, I will Indeed. 100% <clears throat> shill for Indeed.com. No, Dave, we'll sell out. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, but you're, you're browsing online, you see this job offering, let's be honest, at that point in the movie, it would probably show up on Craigslist, um, which if anyone from Craigslist wants to reach out to me <laughs> about possible sponsorship opportunities for Craigslist.com. Does Craigslist still exist? I yes, thought it, it got it does. totally busted. It does. There's just, uh, I think they had to crack down on like, on Craig, on <laughs> what people could post on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the job pops up, you see it. Are you applying for it? Chris. Look, it it depends. I mean, how it's like it's like how long have like what's mounting? Like what what bills are the at the worst? How much have I got? It's like shit. I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll, I will go. Yeah. It's like you know what? There's you, you think at the time it's like eh, these guys want to chase ghosts. Whatever. It like if they're they need a hand and they're willing to pay right. Sure. Yeah. I'll go find ghosts quote unquote and then you first day on the job it's like oh fuck right, <laughs> right. but like, I, hey they're paying i'm in <laughs> yeah winston sticks around for a long time yeah he does and uh, helps save the world uh stan what about you you see this online you apply for it or no i mean there's the whole ghost hunters you know industry out there you know yeah. well, now, but now, houses and shit it's yeah, like but that, and, and that's today but it's like this is back but, the but the idea that um if this was posted first of all i never got a job off of craigslist so i may not have seen it or i never got it you know i don't have indeed and i don't do the indeed shit so i probably wouldn't see it in the sense but if i if i was going through the want ads like i used to do in 1983 um i and saw something about and and if it look if it was really legitimate when I went to it, you know, it's like, because X-Files is coming out. So it's like, and if, if 10 years have, later, if they have an FBI whole FBI section dedicated to, you know, paranormal activity, then it's something got to be to it. Right. I mean, that's, so. the, that's the thing that like they post that, I mean, whatever they posted looked one legit enough and looked like they, right. whatever they were offering looked good enough for Winston to come in. I'm sure other people did too, until Janine rattled off that list. <laughs> I, oh, I, yeah, I'm sure. sure I would freak out a lot at the beginning. So I'm not sure if I would hang out as long as Winston. His for, yeah, oh but, no, no. I, I know you, I've known I, you for a long time. You would be uh, out day one. But the thing is, I mean, I mean, Vengman and Stance, you don't know that though. Vengman and Stance walk in, say you're hired and immediately hand him two full exactly. ghost traps. Right. <laughs> also, Stan, in 1983, did the FBI do a lot of recruiting through the want ads in Michigan? Maybe. No, that's the CIA. That's the, that's the seems hey, like the kind of shit they get up to. Yeah. That was that was back in my day, man. Fantastic. <laughs> um, hey, 1983, that's the year I was born. Right? Uh, uh, um, <laughs> you know, part of me would like to think that uh, I would see this and... Uh, you know, for the sake of the podcast and for the story of it, I will, I want to say that I would be like, yeah, you know what? I'll apply for this. But chances are, no, I'd be like ghost busting. This is you look at that and you're like, how how soon do I need to get the rent in? Like, how soon do I have how, how much longer are the lights on before I'm like, I'll go talk to these people. Right. And there's some ghosts that are more mal- malevolent than others so it's like if you know if my first job was you know a nice old lady ghost that was hanging out and we needed to you know to harry potter out to someplace else you know i like, think you're focusing on the wrong but, thing but. but the thing is though um once we got to the things that actually could in- enter you 
that you know might be a deal breaker for I me. I mean, also you take into to to account the fact that their their commercial has been airing. Yes, right. Like because you see it in Dana's apartment when she comes in, it's the "We're ready to believe you," and you look at that and you're like, "Hmm." <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> but no, yeah, probably not. I would not apply for this job. Uh, Stan, there was something ridiculous that you just said, and I wanted to <clears throat> call attention to it, but it, now it's gone completely out the window. Was it the Harry Potter thing? Oh, well, it was... Um, no, not the Harry Potter the thing. Ent- the interview thing? <laughs> it was not the interview thing. I think that's, uh, those are the highlights. What about something like firmly in the middle? Like, if It's not a friendly old lady ghost that you got a Harry Potter somewhere, but it's not, also not something that can enter you. Let's it's call something it, like Slimer. I was going to say, let's call it Slimer. <laughs> what, what, Would you be out the first time you saw Slimer? It, it appears that when, Bill, when, um, when uh, Venkman gets hit by the Slimer the first time, he got he freaked out, but the thing is, well, there yeah. was there was the idea that there was a little bit. Of, he he kind of enjoyed it in a little. No, you know, I got slimed. He wasn't totally horrified. <laughs> that that by seems it. to so, be what his attitude so the, conveyed. So the idea that there might be bad things to it, and then I, there's the ghost job. I think you know? like, I think I think what kept Venkman around after that was the idea of like one is like he hated that. He clearly hated it. But he once he realized, oh hey, there's shit happening. Yeah, there's yeah. shit happening. These ghosts are here and they're around. There's money to be made. Right. I'd like to think that I would be somebody that stuck around because I, oh shit, shit's happening. I should really help in making this not happen because this is bullshit and shit's gonna end the world. You know, let let's do something. I I would hope I would be that person, but I don't know. It's like I'm not sure if I would quit after Slimer, but I would. Probably not last to, um, I don't know, that that when What's-Her-Face first shows up is pretty intense. Or when he first talks to possessed Dana, Dana that's oh, pretty Zool. Zool. And yes. then when Rick Moranis gets possessed, mm-hmm. that might have freaked me out even more. And it's like the fact that they were able to hang out with Rick Moranis' character and and not just like, oh shit, you're fucked, man. And it's like... I don't know. I would hope I would stick around and figure out a way to stick around, but I, I, I think I would be done after. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think, I think once I, I mean, once you're in the middle of that and you realize what's happening is like, I, I, it's like, I am, I wouldn't say true believer, but it's like, well, this needs to get fixed. These are the guys who have the capabilities to do it and they're getting paid and they're paying me. So yeah, I would definitely be, I would be in at that point. Yeah, when it gets to the exorcist point, man, you know, or it's like, uh, what's the movie um, that was done and sh- that uh, your friends were in? Um, that Jeremy and uh, uh, the... Oh, the taking of Deborah Logan? Taking of Deborah Logan. When it I'd get, have been out. Because like, when they stick around for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, except your buddies, they leave. <laughs> Jeremy stays around. Bro. Jeremy stays. My good friend, Brett Gentile, Brett Gentile. is one of the first characters to go, Bam! fuck this, I'm out. And they, he literally says that in the movie, fuck this, I'm out. You yeah. know, because once it gets to that point, I don't know if I could. Well, that's and, because there's not much they can do to fight it. This is, this is Ghostbusters represented a very uniquely kind of American thing. Right. Nobody. Like, they've got the tools to fight back. I, Nobody in the movie, the taking of Deborah Logan, possesses a nuclear accelerator-powered... That might uh, be helpful. ...proton... (laughs) uh, That can catch them? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
or a tra- you know, and the traps. Oh. It's like, yeah, it's like you, they, they are especially equipped to be able to, to stop this unique threat. And it's like, that's what makes it interesting in a fair, in a fair and, fight. And that might keep it me around. Even, and even then, because, you know, they're, they're still just, I mean, they're smart guys, but they're still just guys. It's still a, a more than a kind of an unfair fight dealing with the paranormal. Right. I might end up wanting just to be Annie Potts's character's job, you know. It's a, <laughs> and I want to see gonna you get do off. That. I'm going to get off the field. I'm going to just be at the desk. Thank I you. I want to see you filing your nails, waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can do that, you know. And when, <laughs> when is he going to get some time off? He's been working for two weeks straight without a break. <laughs> oh man. She's, we haven't talked about her yet. I want to talk about her so bad. She's so beautiful. Janine, you know, you know, Zet, you know, Winston is is very much. I just need a job. Give me a paycheck. But then there's Janine, yes. who, <laughs> even though she is a believer, because she talks about psych- yeah. psychic abilities and everything, she's still very much. This is my fucking job. <laughs> right. Janine is truly the unsung hero of the movie. Um, and the I, performance is great. I'm sorry. The performance is really, really great. Her performance is fantastic, but she. There are scenes in this movie which could be a master class in screenwriting and specifically show, don't tell. Yeah. I'm thinking specifically of when she answers the door the night that they bring um, Lewis, Lewis yeah. who is possessed by the spirit of Vince Clortho. And she opens the door, looks at a police officer and says, dropping off or picking up. <laughs> Like, clearly, this is not the first time a police officer has showed up on their door. And wanted to either throw something at them or haul someone away. Right. Which, uh, that also begs the question, do they all just live there? Yeah. Like, it seems like they just... Well, maybe, I don't know. I, I think well, they, they, the they kind of did, because they, re, they Cause, basically, because yeah. it's an old firehouse, they basically had an area they could just reset up as sleeping area. Right. Because that's which, why they needed to hire Winston, Well, no, right? they do, because basically once the, the ghost thing, ghosts... Uh, appearances start ramping up. They talk about how they're on call. They're like Bankman yeah. says, we're on call 24 seven. Yeah, that's and, a good point. And bas- so basically, they, why wouldn't they be living? And it's you know. It's but a does pla- Janine live there? No. Oh God, no. She would not. It's not really established like what time of night the that officer shows up with Lewis. Um, but it's pretty late at night that she's there, which she, she might she, just be trying to get an But it might be pants. summer. That and that and also is like I, I have no Winter. doubt she would also demand extra, you know over a time and a half if they're gonna have her there. So right. she, she'd probably be there just as long as she's getting paid. Right. Uh, I agree with you though that she's trying to get into Egon's. She's never not uh, <laughs> trying to convince him somehow, some way. Yeah. <laughs> trying to make up a new list to get in his pants. Uh, yes. <laughs> Which is uh, wonderful. The greatest love story that never was, because in the second movie, she hooks up with Lewis. Yeah. Really? So that, that keeps going, because I didn't know, I, I, like I said, I haven't seen two since. The oh, AM, by the so. end of the second one, Lewis becomes a full-blown Ghostbuster. Is he? Okay. Yeah. He, he becomes. I recently rewatched uh, two, just the other night. Uh, people shit on that movie a lot, and this might be pure nostalgia talking, because I saw these movies when I was a kid. Yeah. I love Ghostbusters too. I think it gets an unfair shake because of how well they they knocked this out of the park first try. Right. So uh, expectations are always going to be um, skewed whenever something like this yeah. tries to and Vigo, tries again. Vigo the Carpathian, not as great of a villain as Gozer, but still like more of a physical presence than mm-hmm. Gozer was until. They become the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> um, all right, so that, I think, brings me to my last topic, which is 
a lot is made about this being an 80s comedy film featuring a lot of 80s comedy greats like Bill Murray, like Harold Ramis, like Dan Aykroyd. And Chris, you alluded to this very early in the episode, and you're right. It's easy to forget that this is also a, a scary movie. It is. It's, it's got a lot of really good horror elements, and as a child... They play that straight. Yeah, Dana's possession scared the ever-loving shit out of me. It's a great possession. She comes home at night, puts her stuff down, turns on the TV. There is a weird glow coming from a door in her apartment Mm -hmm. with some kind of like ectoplasm around the doorframe. She is looking at it when multiple demonic hands come out of her love seat and start grabbing her. Yep. And then drag her towards a demon dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a genuinely scary fucking moment. It is. And I think 80s movies in particular, were able, with the advent of technology improving, were able to take the, 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 what they attempted in 70s horror and made it that much more scarier mm-hmm. in, that, in that way. Because, yeah, there's something very much... I think that that's always it's it's definitely to the benefit of the movie where it's definitely a horror comedy in that the aspects of the terrifying aspects of the ghosts and the paranormal in this are very real because every time Stance and Egon talk about it they talk about the horrific things that are going to come of this mm-hmm. and they they take pains to show you it's it's going to be bad rivers and seas boiling yeah dogs and cats living together mass hysteria um, I think what makes it cool and, is like it's, I, and that's what attracts me to stuff like uh, evil, e- the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, and like even Shaun of the Dead. Even though I hate zombies, because it's like this stuff is presented on its face as the truly horrific thing it is, but it's also the, very much the idea of having human reactions of just like weird moments of laughing it off or being sarc- fuck or just <laughs> or just tossing out you know sarcastic one-liners as defense mechanisms, right? Um, there's, there's a lot of moments in the movie where things get serious, like Dana, possessed Dana talking to Venkman. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that scene is not played for comedy at all, despite the fact that Venkman is joking the entire time. Yeah. Louis Tully getting chased down by the other dog is kind of funny until the end when he's trapped. When he's trapped. Right. Yep. Um, the scene uh, between, the one scene between Ray and Winston when they're driving back one night, the night that everything really goes to shit, talking mm-hmm. about the Book of Revelations. Yes, yes. That is a great fucking scene. And just the hard pause and the look on Dan Aykroyd's face when Winston points out to him, maybe the reason we've been getting so much work is because the dead have been rising from the grave. Yeah. The cutaway to Dan Aykroyd's face, to, to Ray's reaction, is just Pure gold. Mm-hmm. I love it. It, it, it. There's so many of those moments sprinkled throughout the movie. Like um, Venkman's reaction when <laughs> it's it, again, it's, it's initially played for laughs, but when Ray's like, it smells like burnt dog hair, and they suddenly realize, right. oh, right, yeah, yep. Dana, is, for all they know, is dead, dead yeah. fried <laughs> inside the body of a demon dog. Um, like the, there are so few moments where uh, Venkman is completely serious, but in that moment, the look on Bill Murray's face is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such good stuff. It and is, th- and that that <clears throat> see that's something that 
if you ever want to see more of stuff like that, as always, check out like the Law & Order shows. When they have comedians guest star, comedians always do an excellent job of nailing dramatic roles. It just it's something that they can do because I think they're better at turning on a dime yeah. and, and switching a mood. Well, all Robin Williams villain stuff, mm. you know, again, it's like his in stuff in insomnia, um, uh, uh, one hour photo and stuff like that. Well, right? not even like his villainous stuff. Like Robin Williams had a lot of great dramatic roles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially mm. his Bobcat Goldthwait stuff, man. Well, yeah, but there's that. But there's also um, Jesus Christ. Goodwill hunting. Goodwill hunting. He good. is incredible in yeah. that movie. There's one I've, I have not rewatched it in many years. Where there's an, it's it's a, it's an interesting role of his is Moscow on the Hudson. Great movie. Where he plays a, a, a circus performer who defects yes. to America. Oh, I do not know that movie very, at all. Very good. Never even. Heard I of it. It's one of those again. It's one of those HBO ones where I would catch from time to time uh, in bits and pieces when they aired it. Interesting. Well, that was all the topics that I had written down for Ghostbusters. Did you guys have anything that you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? I, you know, we we got around to it, but uh, Annie Potts, Annie Potts, Annie Potts, Annie Potts. And, and then the career she got to have after that was just wonderful. So it's like, um, good for, uh, I, I love that woman heartily. So. Chris, did you want to spend some time talking about Annie Potts as well? <laughs> I mean, I could just say her name 20 times in a row. Because uh, we haven't spent a lot of... And she's Sheldon's grandma. I don't care. I don't, yeah, I could. <laughs> I do. Cool. <laughs> I could give a fuck. Imagine if your grandma was Annie Potts though, man. Great. I wouldn't think of her that way, Stan. (laughs) We haven't spent enough time, I feel like, talking about Sigourney Weaver, who is fantastic as well. So good. I Uh, I was going to bring up the, you know, how you were talking about her moment getting possessed and playing playing into the horror of the stuff. You know, she, she just came off of Alien, so the idea that they were able to bring in this performer that has experienced that type of performance in the sense that um she was going to totally commit to it even though it's supposed to be a comedy movie whatever that she could totally buy into that pathos and that that the the weird shit you know mm-hmm. it's like once you see a, something blow out of somebody's chest you know you can pretty much play any kind of horrific moment so so yeah she's great in that she's really really good i will just i will always and forever even though it's not something I always go go to a lot, a lot, but I always and forever love this movie uh, for the vibe, the vibe, uh, uh, the vibe and the tone very much informs my my feelings mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like of of like uh, of characterization, and uh, especially like in horror movies, it's like I, I like that kind of thing where it's well handled and at the same time it, the the danger is real and treated as a danger, but at the same time it's it, you know it's a little it's more fun yeah it's got one of my favorite jokes of all time i feel like we'd be uh uh remiss remiss thank you jesus if we didn't mention one of my favorite easy to miss lines of all time which is at the very beginning ray telling uh egon and venkman listen do you smell that It's just it's such a simple joke that flies over so many audience members' heads and that I get a laugh out of every time. Listen, do you smell that? Uh, much like this podcast, how we're very glad it's an auditory medium. Yes, please have not, some. Yeah. I'm unbathed. Uh. And, God damn it, Stan. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Um, 
Chris, are we, are we pay-per-viewless for a little while? We got something. I hope. <laughs> we got uh, one of the Saudi Arabia shows coming up I, on uh, is WWE. Is that this month or next month? I can't remember. I think it's next month, maybe. I, I hope it's next month. I, uh, I got re- I'm sorry, guys. I got wrestled right the fuck. Was it September, it was August? September. I just glassed right over. Well, it was the, yeah, September had the weekend with two rest, two WWE and one AEW. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, 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 well, yeah, I got wrestled out Extreme over Extreme Rules period. was fun, but yeah, it was, it was, I'm hoping we're good for a little bit. Um, I've got two months left of my perfect 10 picks, and, um, you know what, guys? The more I think about it, I I might change. I'm not going to say what the next one's going to be because it might change. I still have to watch it, Dave. You have to tell me. Right? Yeah, you're you're going to know ahead of time. But the more I think about it, like I, I might that. attribute recency bias to these last two picks because I'd watched them like right before making my my list. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So it might change, and okay. for the, for that All reason, right. I I don't want to say 100 percent when next month is going to. I want to change one of mine. Stan, we, we do not have a time machine. <laughs> yeah, we, there's no going back. Why not, Chris? I thought you were working on that. Um, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like we could have just done, and, and I'm sure it's the same for the two of you, we could have had three years worth of content. I could have done oh, just 12 can, months of perfect tense. We can do this every alternating year. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, who knows? We might if I don't come up with anything interesting. We, we've had themes the last two years, directors, uh, you know, the filmography of certain directors, and I don't think I want to go back to that well. Um, I don't think I want to go back to Why this. not? There's something coming out in December. <laughs> What's what's going on in December? Kevin Smith's new movie. Oh, Clerks Three. Yeah, they'll be out. In, oh, it's already. I thought it's out. It, no, yeah, it'll it's be out. out. It'll be out on on Blu-ray. Right, yeah, it's streaming. Um, I got <laughs> I got no interest. We can update our I, Kevin Smith. We uh, could, and you know what? If one month next year, I'm just desperate for content. I might say, <laughs> let's all watch Clerks Three. <laughs> And I and I got I have friends who went and saw it because they they did a oh, yeah. limited theatrical run uh, in September. I've got friends who went and saw it and enjoyed it, yeah. <clears throat> but I just re- I'm going to see it j- because I you get know you the I just love it for Christmas. You know, so I just love his world, so I'm right. Gonna- and and I know that tw- actually it's funny you bring that up because I just today had the uh, twist of Clerks Three spoiled it for me thanks Aww. to TikTok, of course, uh, which makes me even less interested in seeing it now. Um, but yeah, so so two perfect ten picks left for me. Uh, they may or may not change. We'll see what happens in November. Um, but Stan, if people want to reach out to you online, where can they? Chris, if people want to reach out to you online, <laughs> where is the best place that they can it's do like, that? It's like I'm at? not accessible or something. Well, <laughs> well, I'm at Chris the OK on Twitter. If they want to answer the call, ah, love it. And uh, if you want to follow me personally or if you want to reach out to me personally, the best place to do that is on Instagram, at D.B. Hensley. You can find me at Ghostbusters.com. Oh, boy. Don't get me sued. (laughs) Uh, Dot net? Dot org, Org. obviously. (laughs) If you want to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us or search for Long Walk Productions and Long Walk Podcasts on Facebook. I really need to take that out of this outro because I never fucking update our Facebook pages. Um, to see more of our original work or hear past episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. That one, yeah, that we, I keep those channels updated pretty frequently. Uh, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on the Long Walk Podcast Network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Peace out. Ray has gone bye-bye.